Hello, my fanist friends. Welcome to my podcast feed. Powered by ACAS Plus, here's a joke from my son. What did the bum say to the other bum? That's a bummer. You know, not for everyone. Uh, so, uh, look, thanks to everyone who's come to see the previews of Can I Have My Ball Back. It's been going really, really well, and uh, I'm really pleased with how the show's turning out. It's officially on tour now from Wednesday. I'll be at the Leicester Square Theatre. A couple of tickets left. Lots of press coming to that one. It'd be lovely to sell out, but there are a few other London gigs not selling as well. So if you're going to come to London... Maybe look up those other London gigs. And then this week I'll be in St Albans on Thursday, Gloucester on Friday, Chorley on Saturday, which is sold out. You can join the waiting list. And Glasgow on Sunday, two shows. I think the earlier show is sold out. Check with the venue, but the later show has some availability. Come along if you can. If you enjoy these podcasts and like them being free, then the great way to pay me back is to buy a ticket to a show or buy a download or a book from gofasterstripe.com. But you can just keep listening for free as well. That pays me back also. So, you know, no no pressure. But I'd love to see you there. If you just know me from the podcast and don't know me as a stand-up, I'm pretty good as a stand-up. It's a good show. I think you're going to enjoy it. It's only made about seven men faint so far. So, you know, are you brave enough to take the challenge? Let's sit back, relax and enjoy whichever podcast you're listening to now. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, to get 20, 20, 20, to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Leicester Square Theatre. A week has passed, but please welcome a man who's still as ill as he was last week. It's Richard Herring! Hello, my fan friends! Uh, Welcome to another edition of Richard Herring's Leicester Square Theatre podcast. Uh, I was talking to Wheatus, the band Wheatus. Remember the band Wheatus? No? Not not Inch High Private, not Wheatus. How young are you people? Um, I'm just a teenage dirtbag. No? That's who that is. They call it Relastopper. <laughs> it's quite good watching uh, Top of the Pops 1990s for if you, wanna, if you have to come up with lots of cool things that were once cool but aren't cool anymore. That's my advice to you. And also, very soon, you'll be able to see uh, Richard Herring presenting. I'm surprised they haven't got to it already, given how many they're not allowed to show. <laughs> <laughs> they better hurry up as well, because, yeah. Uh, anyway, the good news... <laughs> the good news um, 
is, uh, if you've been following the podcast over the last few weeks, uh, you'll know that uh, Bridge in Great Yarmouth uh, had a public vote uh, as to what it would be named. Uh, and um, one of the potential names was Herring, Herring Bridge. Uh, so you were allowed to just vote online for it. So I encouraged my Twitter followers to vote online for it. The results are in for whether the, uh, the bridge in Great Yarmouth will be named after me. In fifth place, 572 votes. Come on, pathetic. <laughs> Kingsbridge, bad luck Prince Charles, <laughs> which is still your name. Uh, fourth place, Yeah Bridge. It's over the br- br- river, Yeah. 814 people thought that was worth voting for. Fucking idiots. Uh, Britannia Bridge. That was the racist voted for that. 800... <laughs> 857 votes, very, all very close. Second place, Queensgate, with 869 votes. Uh, and the winner with 2,710 votes. Herring, which I'm disappointed with. I've got 200,000, 250,000 Twitter followers. It should be better than that. Herring uh, uh, Bridge, so it's named, it's named Herring Bridge. Uh, the news in Great Yarmouth broke that there was a possibility. <laughs> there may have been some shenanigans going on, but, you know, it's a democratic vote. doesn't matter there's outside interference. You lost, get over it. <laughs> I know the Russians were trying to get a uh, yeah bridge. Is that why it got so many votes? A bridge spokesman. <laughs> afraid to say their name. Or spokesperson, I should say. I don't know who said... Uh, We thank Mr Herring and his followers for raising the profile of Great Yarmouth and its new bridge and are glad they agree with our choice. Herring Bridge was the strongest name on the shortlist in terms of its historical relevance to the town and was the local favourite through votes placed in person across the borough as well as online. Yeah, Jimmy Hill also voted for it, mate. Yes, remember Jimmy Hill? (laughs) Uh, So they're claiming uh, it... um, Nothing to do with me, but uh, it's 2,000 more votes for Herring. I mean, if I, no one vote. Oh, yeah, Herring. That, Herring. Uh, but uh, the people on the... Uh, it got it broke, and then uh, someone from Radio Norwich was a fan said it's a triumph for Richard Herring. Uh, and then the Great Yarmouth uh, paper suggested... There was printed report suggesting I might have skewed the... Res- I felt quite bad about it, to be fair. <laughs> the bridge cost £21 million. Pounds. Have you ever had a £21 million pound bridge named after you? No. Uh, I don't know, David. We'll see if we're going to... Even David's back. Um, I don't... I think if I go to Great Yarmouth, I'm going to read you some comments from the, the, the people of Great Yarmouth about how they feel about this. Uh, we'll see if I might get thrown in the, in the river. Uh, this is the same bridge that was nearly blown up by a Nazi bomb uh, last week as well, a couple of weeks ago. Uh, David White uh, said... His, his comment was, is that the guy who's struggling these days to stay relevant? Never relevant, mate. Never relevant. <laughs> Bad luck. Uh, Steve Parsons said, Who is he? I've never heard of him. Sounds like he's full of his own self-importance. <laughs> yeah, you haven't got a bridge named after you, have you, Steve Parsons? <laughs> Wayne Toovey, is, uh, when it said it's named... You know, the, the, it was questioning whether it was named after me. Doubtful, as no one has ever heard of him. Well, you're wrong. 2,500 people voted for him, mate. <laughs> Uh, Karen Hipsy Leach says, it's, no, it's not named after him. It's uh, named after the herring boats and women that used to prepare herring for smoking. I mean, it's definitely not named after them, is it? <laughs> it's named after the herrings. 
the fish. It's not named after any... It's not Herring Boat Bridge, and it's not women who used to prepare Herring for Smoking Bridge. It's named after either the fish or me. So you're an idiot. If you've got a £21 million bridge named after you, know you have Karen Hipsy Leach. <laughs> there was a lot. I have not reading all of them. They were all quite negative. Uh, Heather T- Tower said, and nobody, basically... Nobody with a fucking bridge named after him for the rest of eternity. June Bayfield, what a dreadful name. I'm 83 years old and I've never heard of the man. I bet he doesn't even come from Norfolk. I do not come from Norfolk. I've only been to Great Yarmouth once to get a pizza from Domino's Pizza when all the other shops were closed nearer to where we were staying. And I didn't even go in, my wife went in. And I still have a bridge in Great Yarmouth named after him. I also met the creator of Death in Paradise this week. It's been a very exciting, very exciting week. He thanked me for tweeting about it. I said, sorry, I am partly taking the piss. He said, it's all right, it's not meant to be taken seriously. (laughs) Didn't offer me a part, though. So there we go. (laughs) We'll see. Right, let's crack on. Um, uh, My guest this week uh, is probably best known for being the writer of Revenge Prank with DJ Paulie D and Vinny. Have you heard of that? You don't, you, you, wow, old are you, like six months old? What's wrong? That's new. Uh, it's the wonderful Catherine Bohart, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> Catherine Bohart. Hello. Hello. Oh, my God. I had to be like, I did what? <laughs> it's only that recent. It's not that long ago. Revenge, you're the writer of Revenge oh, Prank yeah, yeah. with DJ Paulie D and Vinny. That's what you did. Am I? That's according to your... I am. I think I am. Yeah. You think am you're... I? I am. <laughs> I, no, I did a job for N- MTV that was like, write, write pranks, but like... That would be it. That's what, that, that's what this is, the yeah, prank. Yeah, but what was weird about it was like, I always assumed, maybe naively, that I, I guess this is how people feel about comedians on Mock the Week when they're like, wait, you write the joke? <laughs> Sorry. Um, but I did kind of assume pranks would sort of play out naturally. Yeah. But no. No. Uh, it's just a it's just a lesbian in London going. I think this this American man should do this. Okay. Yeah. Try and get a bridge named after him. I completely blanked that out. Isn't that a weird thing that? It is weird when it's so, sometimes when people have you know been working for twenty or thirty years. I say something they go, I have no memory of that. Yeah. But when someone's been, you're a very new comedian, really. Compared... Yeah, I've been doing it eight years next yeah. month, okay. and like, but I mean that means really like four years paid work. So it's yeah. got to be I've been in the last four years. I yeah. will have been paid for that at least. I didn't do it for free. Um, <laughs> and yeah, no memory okay. until now, I guess. Okay. Well, I'm gonna get it put on. Uh, the podcast. I'm going to get it. I'm going to record it and put it at the end Heaven. of this podcast so everyone can see your work. <laughs> It'll be the first time I. <laughs> <laughs> hey, look! You were on the podcast quite re- on this podcast quite recently during lockdown, yes. uh, December 2020. Well, I'm so happy to have another opportunity to be here <laughs> because I was so sad. I was having a depressing period. It was lockdown. I was spending Christmas alone. My heating had stopped working. My yep. kitchen had flooded. Yep. And I'd just been through a breakup of, of a five-year relationship. Yep. And I remember sat like covered in blankets talking to you on <laughs> Zoom, being like, 
Are you having a nice life, Richard? Because mine's <laughs> terrible. And I'm just thrilled to be here with a different tone. <laughs> well, things seem to be going a bit better for you, but it would be harder than going anywhere for both of us. I, I was uh, secretly harbouring testicular cancer. I didn't even know myself at that point. So I was, I was three weeks away from, you know... Whoa. And there diagnosed. I was moaning about my heating. Yeah. What an insensitive cow. <laughs> It's a very funny, but I watched it. I don't usually go back and, and watch the podcast again. Yeah. And, the podcast. and I went back and watched that one, and it was very funny. That's nice. I felt a bit sad for your life, but, you know. Oh. Cu- but, you know. Well, as long as you laughed along the way, <laughs> it was, Richard. It was very funny. At were, me, with People me, were giving whichever. you advice on how to turn your heating on. They were. It was yeah. so many people. Well, men in the mentions being like, have you tried? And I was like... Yes, I've <laughs> um, But yeah, no, life's good. My heating works. My yeah. kitchen floor is bone dry. Everything is going great, guys. And you, you've just been to Iceland. I've just been to Iceland with, with my girlfriend a, with, a, with yes. a new partner. <laughs> yes. So everything's. I didn't want to well. say that. That sounds like such a bad, like happy ending. <laughs> and now I've got a new girlfriend, so everything's great. Um, no, things were great before I started dating anyone too, which yeah. was nice. Um, but yeah, we did go to Iceland. Can I say? Um, I feel very lucky to have gone to Iceland, obviously. I feel very privileged. But also, I would not personally choose to go on a cold holiday or indeed right. one that required me to be outside, really. Okay. Um, or, or, and I'd never purposefully, like, adventure, as it were. Yeah. I'm just not that kind of lesbian. And, um, <laughs> but it was the one, but the, the sort of, um, I suppose, backpack wearing one's birthday uh, demanded that I do. Actually... Nature, not that bad. <laughs> it's that. I, I was listening to your latest uh, podcast of uh, Oh, thanks. Trusty Hogs. Trusty Hogs. Um, and it was you were talking. You were, it sounded very exciting. You saw lots of whales. You saw a, a dead whale. We saw the spine of a dead whale. Yeah. A dead sperm whale. We saw orcas. We saw humpbacks. It was amazing. Yeah. I saw. Uh, I mean, I'd only just heard of them all, but my goodness <laughs> me, they're amazing. I think the dead ones. We we were we were just near Great Yarmouth recently uh, on yeah. the beach with lots of seals. <laughs> And there's uh, there's a load of dead seals. I mean, like they don't they don't hide it from. Well, if them. you were feeding them Dominoes, then yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but there was dead one. There was a dead seal. In fact, there was a like, there was a bump quite away at the the beach. And my daughter said, "Let's go and sit on that rock." No. And then when we got close to it, I said, "Let's not sit on that rock." No. It's, there's a hole in that rock, and I can see inside. <laughs> <laughs> it was a desiccated corpse of. Uh, seal. There was another one that was had been washed up right. They got, got right up the beach. I don't know whether the. Do you know if seals carry their... Are they like elephants? Do they carry their dead up the beach or do they just get washed up once they're dead? Why can't you let me have a nice chipper time on your podcast? <laughs> oh my God, the whole time you were talking, I was like, Jesus, British holidays are bleak, aren't they? And I've been to Iceland once. Yeah. Uh, I went on my own. Whoa. Uh, and all I did, and your trip sounds amazing, you did lots of incredible things. I, I went manage. to a penis museum and then I came straight Rackimic! home. And Yay! I came straight home again. <laughs> telling us to go there and we were like do you know why we're you get that we're all right um we didn't go there that's no, not for us that's not for museum. us uh, at all but um thrilled that how was it uh it was, like, it was a lot more too many penises i would say yeah too many listen i, I can only if there are too many for you i can only imagine <laughs> how many it was for me there was uh, no human penis in there at the time but i believe there is now what i was doing a show called talking cock i was huh? writing i was writing a book called talking cock and so I found out this museum, so I went to visit in the man who ran, ran it. He, had, he was trying to get the penis of every mammal native to Iceland. So there was a lot of whale... I saw some whales' penises. Okay. Uh, they're big. Yeah, they're really I can big. only imagine. And uh, then what, they would have had the Arctic horse? 
I'm sh- I, I, yeah, probably. Uh, just there was a lot of cocks. Yeah. A lot of different cocks, all different sizes. I have to say, that feels quite misleading. If I was, like, going to a penis museum... Yeah. And it would have to... That would be the way I'd see one. <laughs> yeah. Um, I'll be honest. It would have to be sort of a, a day out of a Sunday. Yeah. Um... Then I would expect it to be more human penis focused. You would like it more human penis. Well, I didn't say I'd like it, but I, certainly my expectation would what, be. What? What? Just lots of men? What, where? How would these? Pe- I, where so would these penises? It's not like paintings of them. It's like actually like. Oh preserved. no, it's the real thing. You're not paintings. It's, so it's preserved dicks. Yeah. So there's a man who's. I think I believe his penis is now in the penis museum. I must go to see it. What? He's called Paul Arison. I remember that he was. Wait, a, the man who ran it left his dick to his own museum. No, he was a. It was an old man in Iceland, who I believe used to have a bit of a Nazi past. My, maybe <laughs> we might have to fact check that. Um, he was a. I would. I'd say he was a bit of a. He's, I mean, he's dead now. He was yeah, a bit but of they've locked his cock off. Could you at least give him his legacy if he's not a Nazi? And, and they had to be ready for when he died to get to him as soon as possible to take it off, and because if you just let it. You have to uh, pump it up fairly quickly. Pump it Otherwise, up. yeah. Otherwise, it's just like, you know, you know, I mean, you know what penises are you like. You keep saying I do, but I don't. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? Well, I distinctly do. I know I remember something. Yeah, you know. Nothing of the pumping up nature, but... No. Well, I you've th- got to pump them up to use them, right? In a way. Do you remember, David? Is that true, sir? <laughs> <laughs> when were you my, when you're my age, you've got to pump them a bit. Before You pump them and then they're ready to go, right? Hello? <laughs> <laughs> I think these people have come to a different show than this. I don't think they were expecting, expecting lesbian conversion <laughs> to be this on the nose. <laughs> There's also a vagina museum. We could talk about that, but I haven't, I haven't been to that. I'm just interested in the cocks of all the different animals of Iceland. That's what, that's what I'm interested wow. in. Yeah. Uh, anyway, so you should is... be on the tourism board. <laughs> <laughs> that's all. So I went in, spent the night there. Uh, in the uh, cock museum? I, no, I spent one night, went to the penis... I thought the bloke from the penis museum might say, come to my house, have some dinner. You're here on your own. He didn't. You met. thought... Hang on. First of all, you thought a man who set up a museum about dicks would yeah. be, like, a welcoming presence. Yeah, I did. And B, you were like, I would go to his house if yeah. invited? You're right, I didn't think Yeah, I don't think that's... I would like my, you know, I, it's a shame. I feel a shame that my penis is going to, when I die, it's going to die with me. I would like it to be, it's a really good penis. How and are I you measuring like that? Well, with a tape measure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's uh. fine. It's, a good, it's not everyone who's seen it, and there's a lot of people say it's a good one. Yes, and women never lie. Yeah. <laughs> and I feel pleased Especially with it. So about that. It's a shame, it's a shame. It's a shame for my greatest work to die. Your greatest work? Yeah. Have you taken good care of it? <laughs> no, I mean, not great. I mean, I've lost one ball. Well, that's... <laughs> so, that's so, no. When you. it comes to genitals, I've lost a third of my genitals. <laughs> so I would, say cons- no. I would say no. Still consider it your greatest work. <laughs> wow. No. It's, it's a lot. It's in my work a lot. Anyway, that's, I didn't have as nice a time as you in Iceland, I think, because I was looking at animal penises. No, but you have all this lovely penis pride, and that's I nice do. to see. I do. It's nice to see. That's you don't see it often? Yeah, I didn't think I'd be talking to you about penises for quite this much. Richard, this whole thing has felt like a fever dream. But, um... <laughs> it might very well be. Uh, I'm, luckily, I am trying to ease myself out of this job by turning over to artificial intelligence. Oh, great. So, I've got, so I asked artificial intelligence, chat, GBT, write some questions for comedian Catherine Bohan. Oh, God. Uh, and it said, sure, here are some questions 
for Catherine Bohart. You've been open about your sexuality and your relationship with your wife in your comedy. <laughs> How has your personal life influenced your material and has it changed over time as your relationship with your wife has evolved? <laughs> <laughs> wow. Well, yeah. Uh, shocked to hear it. Thrilled. Yeah. Um, no, I'm not married. Uh, I don't have a wife. Okay. Um, they would make the... I mean, it would make the story about Iceland with my girlfriend fascinating if I did. <laughs> and indeed, I would put my wife and my girlfriend in my material had I a wife and a girlfriend. Yeah. But sadly, no. Um, no, I, no, I, I haven't. Gosh, the machines are... That's kind of an interesting... That's, that's like a machine that's trying to be inclusive. It's yeah. like you and your wife. Is it wife? <laughs> um, no. All right. But, okay, this is our last question five. Please. Your podcast, Naked Beach... <laughs> <laughs> explores, explores body positivity and self-confidence. What have you learned from your guests you've interviewed on the show and how has it impacted your own relationship with your body? Does the podcast Naked Beach exist? No, and I googled Naked Beach and let me tell you, you get some odd results. If I'll, you bet you <laughs> I'll bet you do. I'll bet you do. I must there must Richard be a just lost an hour being like, my dick's better than that, my dick's better than that. <laughs> No, and if, if Naked Beach did indeed exist, I don't think they should have, like, quite a prudish Irish woman uh, <laughs> hosting it. I neither um, am natural at the beach nor nudity. So I'm very sorry about... Um, it's fascinating. In the, addition to comedy, you're also a trained psychotherapist? <laughs> that is true. Ah, oh, good. How are you feeling, Richard? No. <laughs> I'm not good. No, I'm not. I, I, maybe they, that feels like they got that confused because I was you're in a in mental the... hospital. Yes. Yeah. Like, I mean, that's quite a bad... But, you know, if I was relying on this and hadn't done any research at all, that would be quite embarrassing. I Luck- don't know. I think I sound fascinating. Luckily, I've done loads of research. <laughs> um, oh, it's all about Naked Beach. <laughs> <laughs> I think let's, let's pitch it. I think, I think my job is safe. I think my job is safe. Uh, you do do uh, t- t- some podcast. Yes. Uh, we talk Trusty Hogs. Uh, ben Walker, my producer, is very keen for yes, me to ben. mention that you do a podcast called Shared Baggage. Do you think that's what the naked beat shared baggage? Shared baggage. You, you, I mean, you share does... some baggage to go to. A, you know, you wouldn't need baggage if you're going to a naked beach. Well, it would be an interesting indictment of nudists to be like, <laughs> that's just shared baggage. Um, thank you to those two people. I um, Shared baggage, yes. So this is a podcast that I made with Larry Dean. Well, I say I made, Ben made, and we were there. Um, and, we, and a woman called Charlene, who's the sex expert on Married at First Sight, mm-hmm. Larry and I are two profoundly unlucky in love slash bad in love homosexuals. And we were endeavouring to give dating advice to people who rode in. And then Charlene would be like, not that, not that, not like that. So she fixed it. And that was nice. Um, But I will say it's interesting listening back to it because it's a six part series and we had comics on. And they were all amazing. Zoe Lines, Ivo Graham, Sophie Duker did it. But what was that, my darling? No, no, that's okay. Sorry, I, I'm so... All my friends. All your friends! <laughs> What's your name? Maggie. Hi, Maggie. I love you. <laughs> Maggie's improving. She's ad-libbing. That's great. And probably can't hear that at home, but I heard a woman in the audience and was like, a new person to talk to. Um, so easily distracted. Not that I wasn't loving our dick chat. Ooh, it's okay. Um, I was like, Maggie? Um, but yeah, we, they were there. We talked about it. And... Um, and it's interesting because I hope Larry won't mind me saying that when we made it in the spring, we were both in different relationships, the one we are, the ones we are in now. And it adds a quality, I think, to the listening experience <laughs> that is um, 
it, it makes me, I'm a bit like, it's, it's hilarious that we were even trying to give <laughs> uh, dating advice whilst also failing in relationships yeah. quite epically. But um, it's, it's a hoot. Yes, well, I mean, you know, any comedian giving dating advice is, is probably <laughs> a mistake. Mm-hmm. I mean, don't date comedians. I mean, comedians oh, don't. Absolutely don't. don't. No, 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 don't. We're terrible. Yeah. I, I'd strongly recommend against, <laughs> actually. Because we are ultimately incredibly self-centred. Um, we work at night. Yeah. We think our job's important. <laughs> it's not, like... When, and also, I think you kind of have to date another comic if you are a comic, though. Yeah. Because nobody else could pretend that, like, you trying to get that bit by cabbage to work is as important as their actual job. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Um, and at least there's some understanding if you are with a, another comedian. And, you know, it's, yeah. and it's the only people you meet. Well, also that, yeah. yeah. You don't really have much choice <laughs> because nobody else would be in Yarmouth for a gig, would they? Yeah, they wouldn't. They wouldn't. So, yeah. Okay, so that's on a uh, Audible, is it? Audible. Audible, yes. Isn't it, Ben? Is it on Audible, Ben? Yes, Audible. Is it any, good, is it any good, Ben? Sorry? Is it any good? It's great. I, I just told you it's well, so But good. you're both involved with it. I, should have, I really should have listened to it, but I, was, <laughs> I spent so much time Googling Naked Beach, I didn't get a chance to... <laughs> I, I mean, obviously to, you should listen to Naked Beach first and I, then listen to Shared Baggage. I did listen to Trusty Hogs. Why is it called Trusty Hogs? What's the hell? Oh, because on? Helen is my very good friend and we were, it is, we're an odd pairing. Like, it doesn't okay. really make that much sense that we are friends. So we were trying to figure out what to, like, distill what's true of us. Yeah. And I'd say I'm fairly reliable, hence the trusty, and she is inherently disgusting, hence <laughs> the hogs. Um, and it's a nice blend. Okay. Yeah. All right. I, well, I, I enjoyed it. It's, you've done quite, Thank you've you. done... A lot of episodes, you've got a Patreon going with it, yeah. Patreon going with it. Yeah, we are. I, it sort of was born of lockdown. In lockdown, I did an online show every Thursday. Yes. And Helen co-hosted that with me, and we did 72 of them. Wow. And then when we were ending, we were sort of left with this very queer, very loyal audience going, what, what am I going to do on my Thursdays? And we were like, <laughs> shit, what are you going to do on your Thursdays? I don't want to say we were worried for them, but we, <laughs> we were like, we should probably make something that they can listen to and then um, it's grown from there but it's been actually really joyful and it's nice in comedy to have things you can make without anybody's permission do you know what I mean like, I do you know yeah I, I very yeah, much do just, we make I play it... myself at snooker and move exactly. stones around <laughs> and talk to ventriloquist dummy it's not nice it's great it's insane <laughs> Don't go too yeah, far. You know, you Don't know. go too far down the rabbit hole. You'll be fine. Yeah, you're right. Okay, but <laughs> but mostly it's like you do a lot of waiting around, hoping somebody will like your pitch or hire you for something or put you on a slot. And yeah. it's nice to just we make it in a shipping container, <laughs> and uh, we didn't know if anyone would listen, and they do, and that's nice. But if they didn't, it wouldn't be the end of the world. Um, so yeah. So with Gigless, which was the gigs you did yes. in lockdown, you're doing those as. Gigs now that I've seen as we well. Did, we did. We did for a year. We did live gigless. Right. Now we do live trusty hogs okay. instead because gigless felt le- like less true of the world yes. now that we are allowed to gig. Yeah. Um. But yeah. But it's been nice and gigless was great because we split all this all of the income between all the comics and it just was like a way to hire. Yeah. People who didn't have work and also to feel like I knew what day of the week it was. So yes. it was good. So it was weird, wasn't it, that time? Remember that lockdown? It, it does weird, anybody else feel like it like you, you imagined it? <laughs> you know, like I'm like, did that happen? Everyone like, did that happen? Um the, yeah, 
Yeah, it's so bizarre. And it's also, strange being on the other side and going, we did 72 of those. You go, but how? And you go, oh, it was fucking ages. It was ages. <laughs> and also it's weird being on the other side and being like, we're not as a collective, like, you know how post those kind of events, it feels like, hist- I studied history, it feels like you get sort of a societal um, need for catharsis and a processing or policy change that will mean people need to get to like sort of realise and deal with the fact it happened. We have just gone like, okay, <laughs> on we go and I'm like it's, it feels like we're going to be weird yeah. because it happened no I think we're going to be weird and yeah. no one's addressing how to not make us does anyone want to check on how weird we are yeah I agree I think it's really really needs looking at we need uh, yeah. we all need therapy over it I agree uh, and that's not going to happen we've just got to carry on and yeah keep British and carry on yeah, yeah. okay yeah, oh well a just a thought it is a shame <laughs> Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass!" So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at uh1.com. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. I was interested. You, you did Edinburgh in 2021. Mm-hmm. That is an impressive little <laughs> stat there. So there were not many people did Edinburgh in 2021. No. How, how long did you do Edinburgh for? How was it to do Edinburgh in the sort of middle... Well, the, in lockdowns were over. Was there one after it? Again? Yeah, there was yeah. another one after it. Yeah. I did it for eight days. I did a work in progress. It was a fa- like fascinating because yeah. usually work in progress, you'll write jokes and then... Some of them won't work, but generally you'll have remembered what a joke is. You get the rhythm of a joke. But I hadn't gigged in so long that so much of it was just like bleak diary entry. <laughs> um, that like the room was like, <laughs> and they, they needed it. They yeah. wanted it too. They wanted the gig to work. So there was a real support in the room. But even they couldn't be like, you should say that again. <laughs> um, so it was a tense, it was a tense eight days, I'll be honest. Um, the other thing though that was fascinating about that is I saw a side to Scotland I've never really seen at the Fringe which was obviously the Fringe hadn't been there the year before. There had been nothing on. There wasn't, like, people, you know, were craving entertainment. Yeah. So, A, like, the room was full of Scottish people. There wasn't really tourism. So that's not rarely true at the Fringe. You often have, like, people who've come to Edinburgh for it. And those same Scottish people kept saying things at the end of the gig, like, thanks for coming to Edinburgh. (laughs) That's also very abnormal at the fringe, I want to be clear. <laughs> Usually like, fuck off. And you're like, okay, sorry. Um, yeah, it was astounding. Yeah. 
and also kept being like, thanks for coming to Edinburgh as if it's not like the epicentre of comedy culture usually. Um, that's the kind of thing you usually get in like Norwich. Yes. Is yeah. like, thanks for coming to Norwich. And you're like, yeah, no, that was good of me. But Edinburgh, it's, <laughs> it's nice. And you went up 2022 as well, which was a bit more like a normal fringe and everything became very expensive again and only yes. rich people could go. I didn't see a Scottish person for the whole month. <laughs> yeah. Are you going up in 2023? I'm a glutton for punishment. I'm going up for eight days. Okay. Um, because I want, I'm, I'll be writing a show out for a tour that'll end in Edinburgh the following year, but I can't quite bring myself to miss it. Yeah. I've, all, I've done it seven years in a row. Right. Yeah. Um, I love it. I know we're supposed to hate it. And obviously, I think that it's got massive access issues. I think like it is becoming unf like, unfeasible, infeasible. I think it's becoming infeasible. Thank you. Infeasible for, <laughs> mm, I don't know. Um, it's, it's expensive. It's yeah. debilitatingly expensive. But I, um, I just, there's something special about people showing up in a, like, to a city because yeah. they like what we do. I think from a performance point of view, that's what, that's what I, I've, I've, I'm, I'm, the, the papers are saying that I've boycotted, boycotted the Edinburgh I'm just not going. Oh, right, fair enough. Um, <laughs> and I, think and I have boycotted the Penis Museum in <laughs> I will never boycott it. <laughs> and, 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 yeah. But, um, but it, it's, um, I think, like what, what I, from a performer's point of view, the, what is useful for it, especially if you're newish, is to do exactly what you've done, which is to do seven years in a row yeah, and, then, so and, and learn as you're going. But I think that's so difficult to. For, for anyone to afford. I guess doing eight days is, is one way around it. You still have to find somewhere to stay for eight Oh, but also days. cards on the table. The only reason I've been able to do it seven years in a row, the only reason I'm still able to do it is because I'm a, a savvy little cookie and my best friend is Scottish. So I stay with her mom. <laughs> yeah, okay. Um, but not everyone could do that. And, no. and I definitely couldn't have afforded it if I didn't stay there. She's no. the only reason I can go. Yeah. But, you know, it's good that, some, it's good that people find their way through it and around it. Mm -hmm. And I think for younger comedians it's you know you find way you find your way to go but it's like when i read about people my age sleeping in tents because you know three miles away from the sentence because <laughs> that's all they can afford you can't, yeah that's not that's not right i know quite a few people who stayed in vans like yeah. camper vans it's hell yeah. and the thing is it's, it should be such a wonderful place. like it is an amazing boot camp for comedy when else do you get to do it every single day to an audience that meant to see you yeah. that's the nicest thing about a tour show or an edinburgh show is people wander in and they're not like oh god a woman like they did it on purpose <laughs> it's so lovely yeah um but yeah it's a shame that it is so expensive yes. and difficult because yes. everyone else makes money before the artist well apart from the punters so it's the, the, sorry, the, yes, the, no, no, sorry. The, it's a shame it's so expensive for people to go. <laughs> and it's a shame that literally everyone gets paid before yeah. the person who's on the stage. And it's not to say that they shouldn't be paid for their work too, but it's an interesting... <laughs> yeah. Anyway, good. Uh, let Is me that I'll what ask... you want me to do? Come and moan about it for free. Uh, let me ask you some, some AI-generated emergency questions. There's some good ones in here, let's see. Um, I mean, this isn't a good one. What would... <laughs> What would happen? But we're the, having a lovely time. Let's, let's see what you make of this. What would happen if the world's last packet of crisps fell into an active volcano? I think. Yeah. Uh, if it didn't dissolve entirely. Yeah. Ideally, it would be like Pompeii-esque oh, encapsulation, yeah. and then people forevermore would understand how much we loved crisps. Yeah. I was going to say they would overestimate how much we loved crisps, but then I thought, no, I do love crisps that much. 
I'm not sure. I think it would burn, burn up oh, quite, yeah, quite badly. Yeah. The reason Pompeii and, and to a great extent Herculaneum survived is because it was very quickly, it was on the move. Very quickly coated in ash rather than in yeah. in lava. Um, <laughs> I think, well, I think, um, it's good that there's like a right answer to the I question. Would say, <laughs> I would say whoever's taken the last packet of crisps in the world up an active volcano has a lot to answer for. I agree. I agree. I mean, that should be in it's a, a dick museum. move. That, yeah. that should be in the crisp museum. <laughs> Um, okay, let's see if there's a better one. Sorry. Uh, Are sorry you proud for of us for neither of us saying it would burn to a... I think this is a good question. Maturity. This is a good question. I wish I'd come up with this question. Okay. And I'm just going to... Because I'm hoping I can just do... I've, I've done books of these things. If I can just get AI to write, like, thousands of questions, there'll be enough in there. What is the most ludicrous thing you've ever done? Do you hate this job? I, I hate this job. <laughs> I, I want to replace gonna... myself with a computer... <laughs> That, and a ro- I want to replace myself with a robot that I can then fuck. That's, that's, so all I would do, I'll bring the robot in. Yeah. The robot will sit down here, we'll ask the questions. I'll take the robot out the back afterwards and bum it. That's, that's, that's going to be my... That's my payment. Do you know what I'm saying about we're all weird after the lockdown? You get that, right? Okay. What is the most ludicrous thing you've ever done in the name of love? That is a computer asking you that oh. question. Okay. Have you done many ludicrous things? Yeah. Um, pardon? What was that? Comedy roast battle. Comedy roast battle. <laughs> Fuck you. Um, <laughs> that was in the name of a paycheck. Um, no, comedy roast battle is a good shout. It broke my poor mother's heart. Um, no, I actually think comedy roast battle was fine. Loads of people watched the clip, and we did get paid. Yeah. Um, I'd say, actually, <laughs> the the... Most ludicrous thing I've done in the name of love was buy a taxidermied squirrel. Okay. Um, I'll explain, but it won't necessarily make it any clearer. <laughs> um, I was dating a person who liked taxidermy. That's good. Or an, or an initial red flag, whatever way you see it. <laughs> and, um, and I desperately wanted to save the f- relationship that was sadly falling apart. Yeah. And I was in panic mode. You know, when you're like, I just gotta, I gotta do, what can I do to like, fix, like, like, I gotta do a big romantic gesture. And I was in Angel and I walked by a place called Get Stuffed. <laughs> um, if you know what David Sedaris has written about it, I now know, but I didn't know that at the time, which I, if I had known, I would have known it's the most fucking expensive taxidermy <laughs> shop in the world. Bloody hell. Anyway, I go to this place and I see this sign on the door. And it's like, it's obviously full of dead animals, which is in and of itself, I guess, a good sign that they're selling them or else what the hell. But um, I was like, okay. So I stand at the door and I can see the man at the till and he can see me and he doesn't move. So I'm like, there's no one in the shop. There's no one outside the shop. The shop is open, yeah. but I can't get in the door. He wasn't. Ta- was he? Was he ta- was ta- obviously, my first question is like, is he part of the display? <laughs> <laughs> yes. It's like the penis Did this used to be a pet shop? What's (laughs) happening? This man and everyone's dead. I was like, okay. He just stares at me and then goes back to his book. And I was like, this dude... I I have to be the first person who's tried to come in here today. You haven't had... Nobody else has been this desperate an angel today. See the sign on the door? It says, ring for appointments. So I ring the number. And in front of me, he picks up the telephone. (laughs) And he goes, hello? And I say, hiya. I'm the lady outside. And he's like... Hello. And I was like, I was wondering if I could come in for an appointment. And he was like, when were you thinking? <laughs> I was like, 
now would be nice if that's cool. And he's like, let me check. And then he goes through his book. I was like, what is this? There's no one in there. Anyway, he eventually opens the door. I come in and he was like, so um, what are you looking for? And I was like, uh, so I, look, I'll be honest with you. I was... In like a period mania, I had not like really eaten enough food that day. I was obviously trying to save my relationship. So I said something to the tune of like what I thought was an endearing like, well, my girlfriend really loves like taxidermy and I'm kind of hoping to impress her because we've had a bit of like I I overshare is is the comic way. And he blinks, basically. He's like, "Uh uh-huh. As if anybody else is in there buying taxidermy for a normal reason, right? (laughs) I was like, you must get this all the freaking time. And then, I, so I was like, okay, so um, I'm obviously thinking like romantic gesture. What'll I get? Sorry, yeah. this has become a longer story than I anticipated. No, I like it. I like okay. It. So I'm like, thank you. I am, um, I've never told her before and I'm um, <laughs> panicking. But I, I was like, okay, so like I need to get like a romantic animal. So I'm yeah. obviously like, how much is, are the birds? He's like, I point to, I think, I think an owl, which is what David Sedaris bought. Um, and he was like, oh yeah, that's um, 1,500 pounds. And I'm like... <laughs> <laughs> and he it was it was he wasn't joking i was like okay that's crazy <laughs> obviously that's insane but also i'm in here so i'm panicking so i just start going through smaller animals <laughs> and they are all still in like over a thousand pounds and we're still like we're talking like i was like okay so like what about like eventually we get down and he's like what's your budget and i was like i don't know what my budget for a dead for like roadkill is <laughs> And eventually I, put, I was like, she likes squirrels? How much are the squirrels? And that is the smallest animal I can see in my eyeline. So if I can't afford a squirrel, I'm fucked. Um, <laughs> now I'm about to tell you how much I spent on a squirrel. Yeah. Um, okay. He's like, the squirrel is 420 pounds plus VAT. Obviously, my instinct is like, do you have a rat or a vole? <laughs> but I can't see any, so I have to be like, okay. I put it on my credit card. Ooh. Don't get credit cards, let me say that. Um, and I leave with a, with a squirrel. Yeah. Um, and indeed. And um, the, the judgmental silence is profound right now. It's heavy. <laughs> Heavier even than when you said you'd bomb a robot. Yeah. They, were, they were like, ha but this guy's crazy. Um, so I leave with a squirrel. It, spoiler, does not save the relationship. <laughs> and then we have to have a conversation that's like, do you want the squirrel or should I take the squirrel? I'm like, obviously take the squirrel because otherwise I just have this taxidermy trophy of failed, of dead love, you understand, in a rodent. And, um, and now I guess I just sort of walk through parks thinking... That's 420 pounds. Yeah. That's 420 pounds. That's 420 pounds. Does that answer your question? It does. Great. It's, <laughs> it's not my question. That's, that's why artificial intelligence, it knew. It knew there was something. I thought that was a good question, but I didn't know it was that good. So that's... I mean, yeah. Oh, God. I mean, I suppose the skill is stuffing them to look lifelike rather than just grabbing one and taking it in. Oh, yeah. Going, no, do you get a bit? How much do you get for the, like, just a dead squirrel? If you went to that guy and said, I've got a dead squirrel, 
So I didn't know, to be fair, the reason I paid a lot for it was that it is good taxidermy. Like, yeah. the squirrel looked like a squirrel. And then it turns out, obviously, I then, like, deep dove on on taxidermies. And yeah. there's a taxidermy Twitter account called Bad Taxidermy. Don't know if anybody follows that. Yes. If you don't, you're welcome. Um, and, geez, uh, like, you can tell why it's a skill because a lot of people do it real badly. Yeah, I mean, it's hard to do, but... I, don't, I haven't personally tried. I didn't start by trying. I, mean, you I know, just jumped I'm, in. I'm, I'm, I'm still surprised that the demand is. <laughs> however impressive it Richard, is. there's no demand. There was no one in that shop. I got fucking taken for a ride. Do you understand? I kept that place open for a month, surely. Yeah. You'd think. I mean, I would just go and look at a squirrel in the tree. Or and, and take your break up like stuff. a man. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? That's what I really should have done. It's just been like, I guess this. I guess if I'm in this taxidermy shop, it really is over. <laughs> That's the logical thing to do. Do you think usually people turn up with a thing for him to do? What, do like bring in that, an animal? Yeah. Don't, do you, I would have thought most of the taxidermy business would be people going, I really love my dog. Do you think? Uh, can you, I really love my husband. Dave, Dave, who used to run Goblins, which is the bar we used to go to in Ballam, always said that when he died, he wanted to be taxidermied and put, like, in the bar in a rocking chair. But unfortunately, the bar closed before he died. That's, <laughs> that's my one regret. That's a shame, I, He may I guess. still be alive. I don't know. But, um, but I would think that's mainly... It's, it's mainly people going, I've got a cat. My, I love my cat. Can you, can you have it so that it's, I can have it and... I just, you know, isn't it? I mean, I've always found it weird. It's a thing that posh people do. If you go to old houses, yeah, yeah. That, like I, I've never understood why. Like we went to one in. I think I talked about this. We went to one in the Isle of Arran, Brodick House, and the whole of the corridor is just like like a hundred, a hundred and fifty stags' heads on the walls, mm. and it's just horrible. Yeah, no, that sounds horrific. How the hell? Why the hell is anyone doing? That. Yeah, I don't know. I, th- I guess there's a, a level of wealth where you just think, I'm not object. Like, I know I'm not allowed to kill people. Yeah. So, what else can I kill for sport? <laughs> and then there's a level of wealth where you go, I well, know you I'm allowed, allowed to, to kill, kill people. people and have their head stuffed and th- somewhere on. And you can just buy art, just nice art. How nice. <laughs> yeah. Well, that was good. Let's see. I'll, we'll, try, we'll try another one. Um, <laughs> see, I don't think you'll have an answer for this one. This one is not as. Good a question. Okay. If a butterfly flaps its wings in a forest and mm. nobody is there to hear it, mm. why did Richard Herring forget to bring his monocle when he recorded the 700th episode of Rahalastapa? <laughs> now, we haven't done the 700th episode yet. Okay, I was like... So, <laughs> you know, that might be a spoiler. <laughs> but it sounds like things are going pretty well for me yeah. in about six years' time. Yeah. You own a monocle. I've got a monocle. That's pretty exciting. And people are expecting to see it. Yeah. So That's we're like, cool. We're going to find out about that. I've got to get to 700 now to find that out. You do. It sounds like you also have to make it part of your personality sufficient that the monocle would be deemed missing. Yeah. I mean, I think there's something in... if a, I think it just, it's gone a bit crazy. If a butterfly flaps its wing in the forest and nobody is there to hear it... Uh-huh. I mean, that happens all the time. Yeah. <laughs> well, we, we assume. <laughs> yeah. Maybe they... Do you think butterflies, if there's no one around, do you think the butterflies don't bother flapping their wings? Yeah, I do. I think they're yeah. like comics. <laughs> yeah. I think they're like, like... Everyone kept being like, why did you gig during lockdown? And I'm like, because I... Otherwise, what, I'm just supposed to entertain my friends on Zoom? <laughs> it's a waste. Yeah, yeah. I, think, I think they are just chilling. Okay, cool. Well, we got something out of it. <laughs> um, 
we're, we're going to go back to the other. We're going to go back to you in a sec. I mean, this one. This one. I think this is this. I'm mean, again. This isn't a good question, and it's an awful thing to say. And I did not come up with it. And don't do this at home. What would happen if you put a cat in a washing machine and turned it on? <laughs> Hopefully, jail time. I hope. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Wait, is the cat alive or dead? I mean. Why is that my question? No, just never mind. I think I assumed alive, but you know now you th- maybe if it was dead, it could bring it back to life. You spun mm. it around enough. Uh, if a cheese wheel is so round, r- if a cheese wheel is so round, why doesn't it roll away? And the answer to that is because you put it on its side, on, this, on yeah. the flat bit. Right. Let's see if there's a better question. So okay, let's go philosophical. I, I'm trying to think of a worse question. No, that's fine. <laughs> like, These aren't my questions. What is the point of <laughs> what is the point of life? if not to find something that brings you joy? Is that an AI-generated question? <laughs> yeah, it is, yeah. I, yeah. Is that I the mean, point of... Is there a point of life, Catherine Bohart? I don't know. I don't know that it's all... I think... I don't know. I think we'd all be less stressed by what the point of life is if the pressure of finding joy yeah. weren't so oppressive, actually. I feel, I feel like... Sorry, is that too wanky no, an answer? I, agree. I, think, I just feel like happiness as a continued state, yeah. it actually isn't possible. It's not possible and it's not desirable. No, because we'd just be a bunch of bimbos. Yeah. But like if we were happy all the you know the, you know do you know people who are happy all the time? They're either like like pushing something way down <laughs> or they don't have a complex thought. Yeah. I think um I mean maybe they're blissful, but I think Happiness is only miraculous because it's sporadic. And it only means something because you were unhappy. So in 2020, you were unhappy. Yeah. And now you're relatively happy. Yeah, but also, like, I think we... I think... Sorry to be boring, but... No, please be boring. I think the sort of supposition is that if we are down or if we're in difficulty, we've failed because we're not happy and happy is the goal. Um, whereas actually, like, pain and... Difficulty and complexity are comp- as compulsory as joy. I think joy is as inevitable as sorrow. Like I think you can have a miserable time, and because people are people, something will make you laugh. Something will bring you. To- like there have been times where you think, "I'll never feel joy again," and then by some, like it is as in- inevitable as um, as sorrow. But I just think the pressure of it. And this is such a long answer to such an <laughs> inane question. The but question, I, remember, asked by by a computer. You know what? Men play chess against computers. I can answer the question. Um, I don't know. I just think, like, it's a big expectation to put on ourselves that we're failing if we're not happy all the time. And actually, like, yeah. Yeah, it's definitely one of the points of life. I think other points is just, like, getting through it. I think looking for a point in life is too much. There is is no point in life. I don't know that there's no point. There's no point. I don't know that I agree there. I just think... Um, a point in life implies that life has been put together for a reason, and there isn't any reason we're here. I just don't think that we have to know what the point is. <laughs> like, it will in- unfold. And Maybe. I don't think the point of everyone's life has to be the same. Like, this idea that there's a uniform answer. Like, yeah. I, I'm okay with saying some people's lives had more point and are more important than my life. I spent a considerable amount of time in a taxidermy shop. <laughs> I'm not getting that back. Do you know what I mean? Okay. And that's okay. That's on me. You have OCD. We yeah. talked about this last time. But you also went to university at UCD. 
Was that because you have OCD that you went? I actually transferred out of UCD <laughs> to TCD. Okay. Um, <laughs> no, it's funny. All the, um, all of the, I think all of the unis in Ireland, most of them have an NUI. They all have like lots of uh, acronyms. I do have OCD, but no, that's not what decided okay. UCD. It was ultimately too far away from my house, and I went to TCD <laughs> instead. Okay, fair enough. Um, it's just in the first line of your Wikipedia entry, and I enjoyed it. Is it? Yeah, it was sort of basically that it says you, you have OCD and you went to UCD. It just looks like That's looks funny. like the person who That's put this so together. Funny. My Wikipedia, by the way, yeah. is so fucking creepy. Like, <laughs> I will occasionally be told about it by my mother or my girlfriend, and the information on there is just like wild. It leaves out so much, but it's like very clear that I'm a failed actor. <laughs> And that I was in a very specific... It names the hospital I went to, which I just think is a bit weird because I don't know who wrote it. And um, always has my age wrong. Okay. Uh, Listen, I I didn't... Lower or higher, lower or higher? How far? Just... It's usually two days off, which is ultimately like, obviously I have OCD, so that's the most annoying fact to me. Um, (laughs) Obviously, like, I didn't write it, so I can't be too pernickety about it. But equally... It turns out you it does get, bother me. You're allowed to go in. I mean, you're not, you're you're not, not, not meant you're not, to, but no, you can a, go in there. There's an honour code, isn't there? If you have a Wikipedia page, you're not allowed to have written it. There is. It's one I break all the time. Is it? Yeah. There's something wrong He has that. a lovely penis. Yeah. <laughs> I can't correct this again. <laughs> I can say he has a lovely penis, and I can quote my book, Can I Have My Ball Back, in which I say I have a lovely penis. <laughs> <laughs> that is, that's enough. And now I've said it in this podcast. So we're going to link Another to this podcast. Reference, yes. <laughs> Citation not needed any longer. Um, <laughs> yeah, look, I, you know, I don't, I, don't, you know, I don't see the issue with the person who is... The, I mean, I'd see the issue if you're going, like, he has a lovely penis and he's the best comedian ever. But if it's like he was born in this place or... Like, you know, I update the guest list of who's on the podcast in my the interview thing, because know, that is useful information for me when I go back to check when people were on before. I don't know. Um, this is such a meta thing, and like, this is such a niche problem. <laughs> I, like, this is not a relatable... But I don't know. This, it's something feels weird about like being participatory in the viewership of yourself. Yeah. I don't know. In the same way that I like make a podcast, but I don't like to think that anybody... Helen's always like, we have this many listeners. And I'm like, no, no one listens. Because otherwise, <laughs> I don't know if I could do it. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, a little bit. I mean, I can't imagine anyone really listens to any of this. That's the only way I can get. Yeah. I mean, maybe this one, but some of the things I do, I kind of just feel sorry for the people who listen to it. And that is a healthy attitude. Very sorry. (laughs) Thank you for coming to (laughs) us. This one's okay, but like. Thanks, Richard. I've never had the host review me as I go. This part, this podcast is okay, but you know me talking to ventriloquist dummies, you'd be crazy to watch that. Me, you're right. It is the best one. You're right. Shush. Maggie it's the best it. one. Shut up, you Peter. <laughs> it's the best one you do. Shush, David. You look at it, don't you look at it? Shush. It's not crazy. <laughs> These people. <God. laughs> They've got very crazy. Shall I ask you some of my emergency questions? Let's see how that goes. Okay. The proper ones. All right. The real thing. Have you ever been stuck in a lift? Now we're back. Wow. Now we're back. That's human. It's personalised. It's research. It says you, it says me. No. No. Okay. Um, 
I'm trying to think if I, I don't think I asked you many emergency questions last time, so I'm probably safe. Um, I'm ask you that one. If you had to have sex with an animal, if you had to, no. Okay. <laughs> um, if you could go into a chrysalis uh, and come out as anything, you go in as you, but you can come out as anything. It can still be you, or it can be something completely different. You're going to change. You're going to melt down. You change, and you come out as something else. What would you like to emerge from there? Chrysalis as? Um. That's written by me. I made that up. That, nice. Thanks. Um, I, <laughs> uh, probably me with fewer anxiety. Okay. Is that a bad answer? Like, no, that's a very good answer. Better the devil you know? I think like me, but without any of the like gendered shit that sort of makes me hate my body and any of the. Um, sort of constant dread that I'm not doing enough. Okay. Maybe. That's. I mean, it's. What a, a, it's a, that's. A, I was like, I'm gonna go in and be peppy this time. It's gonna be good. <laughs> Watch out, world! I was a little dour last time, but they are gonna get a new and positive gathering. Um, I think that's you know that's it's, it, this question opens up a world, and I think it is that's interesting. I mean, you know, but do you not? I, I sort of feel like as a comedian, all the things that are the worst things about you or the things that you worry about or the things that are you know, crazy mm. are the things that make us comedians, maybe? Do you think if you, ha- if you didn't, ha- if you weren't you, would you be, if you weren't exactly you, would you be as funny as you are? I think yes and no. I think, like, a lot of the things that I was cruel to myself or that, like, made other people cruel to me have been the, become the things that I talk about on stage and differentiate me. So, like, yeah. being a woman, being queer, being... Um, having mental... Like, a past of mental illness were things that were, like, prohibitive at the time and now have given me permission to have things to talk about that people find yeah. interesting and relatable, and that is good. But, I don't know, I think I would live more freely if I hated my body less and if the world hated women's bodies less. And maybe I would be a braver performer if yeah. that were true. Okay. Or if I wasn't, like, scared of ageing or... Um, so I, I think it's easy to be like, isn't the kind of the stuff we put on, the shit we put on ourselves just actually what makes us us? But I think some <laughs> of it is prohibitive. Yeah, no, that's fair enough. And, you know, it's, in a way, maybe it'd be nicer to be the sort of that human being than a good comedian. Who knows? I can't imagine anyone... Well, I'm not going to go I, that I can't imagine, far. <laughs> I can't imagine anyone would make that choice. Um, but, but no, it's, it's interesting. And do you feel like, you know... Like now, people are, are so open about mental illness. Mm. It's almost like every time, every time you look at Chortle, there's somebody else saying that they've got OCD or ADHD or, or something. Is it? Is it? Is that a? Is that a positive thing, or does that make you look and go, "Oh no, there's somebody else doing that"? Or is it? Or do you think it's a good thing that we're all talking about it? I think it's a good thing. Yeah. I think it's a good thing. I don't think it's like I've never been like. That's my one. Um, but also I do think it's a good thing because I think it sort of prohibits this narrative that mental illness is a singular thing. Like OCD, even in a, like even as an example, there are like seven clinical, clinically defined types of OCD. Yeah. It's a shame it's an uneven number and that's fine. But it's like, <laughs> but they're not the same and they don't, ex- like hoarding is a form of OCD. Extreme cleanliness and tidiness and order are forms of OCD. They're very different experiences. So I think, like, it's probable that those differences are are distinct. But also, like, I think the point is that it is ubiquitous, right? That it's not anomalous and that it's not, like, 
rare and that is why we a should engage with it and b need services to help with it and c why it's so relatable i think yeah i'm not surprised that that's become the situation because people didn't come to my show and go oh well i've never felt i've never had a bad day in my life (laughs) people would queue up outside my show which i was not ready for as a very young comic being like the following ways are which my mental health issues affect me and i was like i am not qualified for this conversation but um but yeah, it's not yeah. that surprising. I think it's good. And do you think that? So do you think it is? It's not. I mean, because it feels like it's uh, comedians that it's happening to. But you. But the truth is, you think it's 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 a more general it's issue, like when, or do you think it's you think more a comedians more likely to become comedians as a result? I don't know. It's like when people say is is comedy sexist and you're like well comedy exists in the world and the world is sexist so yes and i think like are comedians more likely to have mental health issues i don't know i think we all do and also possibly maybe they are but only insofar as i think one laughter is a coping mechanism comedy is a coping mechanism so that makes sense there's a correlation and two i think and it's weird this people don't it's kind of an odd answer but i think actually comedy is quite a good job day to day if you are a person who suffers with mental illness that is like up and down yeah because you're self-employed because you can go to work when you can and not when you and it doesn't mean that like you've lost your job and it's a wonderful escape from the from like darkness i think um so i think you can and also you can kind of manage to do not always i can't always sometimes i can't go to work because of my brain but a lot of the time i can go well it's only 20 minutes yes it's oh you know what i mean it's not like i don't have to go in and pretend that i care what sheila did for the weekend and then also function in a meeting and then also stay up all day and then i can i can kind of rationalize that it's only that time yeah and do you think it's a welcoming environment i mean it's i know that there's certain elements of the comedy world that aren't welcoming environments for women (laughs) Uh, but do you think it's becoming better in that but do you think also i mean i feel like amongst most comedians it's kind of you know it's kind of okay i mean i don't i don't i think most comedians aren't very judgmental or you know like just you mean accept about, pe- about just mental to, health or about well, yeah mental health and well and but everything really just I, it feels it's a kind of do you feel it's because there's an element where i think, think being comedian is quite a welcoming thing where comedians recognize each other and like each other and kind of fall quite easily into talking with each other yeah but then i'm not a, a female comedian and i understand that there's female comedians have a, a, a different experience of of some clubs maybe and some comedians yeah i mean i think it depends it depends it's yeah. like with everything it's like when you're on with dickheads you're like cool this is gonna be shit and if you're on with nice people it's pretty nice so i think yeah. like general but generally yes like i think i think um on the one hand like i think it must be very difficult to be an ethnic minority in comedy i still think that there isn't a great ubiquity of that and i think that often you're walking into predominantly white spaces and that must be like frustrating sure. and also you're boxed in very much i think a lot of the time i think also you're as that or as a queer person or as a woman you're often expected to be the only one on the bill so sometimes you feel a bit like you have to represent that entire group which is a bit arduous but in terms of like one-to-one most comics are nice yeah um Mostly because we're often the first person, the other person you've seen that day. Yes. So, like, I'm usually just thrilled to see anyone. I'll talk to anyone because I'm like, oh, my God, is it nice to be out of the house? Um, and so there's that. But yeah. And in terms of, you know, anything that, any sort of mental differences, I suppose, um, you know, it's not like... An, it's a job where, where 
that's okay. Oh, yeah, you know people I mean? definitely <laughs> understand if you're like, yeah. my brain's melted and I'm having a terrible day. People will just be like, usually. <laughs> it is one of those ones where comics, you know where you're like, I'm having a shit day. Um, you know, it's like you, to your mom. And she's like, well, my day is infinitely worse. That is, to be fair, comedians. That's our, we're like, me too. And, and you're like, oh, okay, okay, great. But that's kind of nice because then someone else will tell a story. Yeah. I mean, you know, there's a, even comedians who aren't crazy are, are, can be a bit crazy. I've never mean? met one okay. who is, isn't crazy. <laughs> Certainly from the, from the olden days, you know, it's sort of, it's, it's, a, it's a job where it's acceptable to be socially unacceptable, I suppose, is, you know, or like a jo- if you went into a, a proper job. Yeah, also, I think we're like curious about ourselves. Yeah. Not to be totally self indulgent, but I think the job, especially after a while when you've run out of all your obvious stories about your mom or like your sexuality or whatever, like whatever's like first and foremost for you, well, you kind of do have to go, like, I have to write another hour. So, what else is going on in here? <laughs> and then, yeah, you do open some doors. So maybe there's partly that. We also, yeah. let's be honest, spend too much time alone, don't have real jobs, and that's too much time alone and um, too much time to think. And so we, I think, yeah, it's all, maybe it's chicken and egg. I yeah, I mean, it could be. So what, is there anything else coming up apart from the you know, eight, days, eight days in Edinburgh, working on a new show for touring? I'm doing a bunch of work in progresses. They're all on my website, katherinebohart.com. Yeah. I'm trying to work up this new show. You can still listen to Shared Baggage. You can listen to Trusty Hogs, if you like. Naked, um, be- naked, naked Beach. Naked Beach, my new series. Um, <laughs> I'll be wearing clothes the whole time. Um, but yeah, and... Uh, and surprisingly, it will just be naked animals, actually, not naked, <laughs> naked, not naked, naked people. Naked dead animals <laughs> yeah. that have been taxidermied. Yeah. There's a taxidermist involved. Yeah. You can get the whale that you saw. The, the seal was very much uh-huh. able to be taxidermied and could have become a sort of chair. Yeah. If, if I like that. It's all dick stuff, obviously. Yeah, and dicks. Um, yeah. Dicks off in a museum. Yeah. Any dicks taken off. <laughs> have we had a nice time? Yeah, Is I that, think so. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not sure. I mean, I don't feel like I'm here, so it's fine. <laughs> I'm not aware there's anyone else here. <laughs> but yeah, no, that's that's for for now. That's what's going on with me, and um, I will ha- have a radio show in the end of the year. Um, but um, but what good is what is what good is plugging something you haven't even written yet? <laughs> um, she says plugging her work in progress shows. Please come, I'd love that. But that's you know, it's, it's it, I'm sort of getting back into wanting to do stand up again, and it is that weird interim period where you've you know you've got. You've got like a basic idea, you might have a few ideas, and you've got to go and test it out. It's a, it's a weird part to be in. And it's, I think the more I you do it, the, it, the easier it becomes. But you're, you know, it's. I love it because I, I, yeah, because it's not something yet, so you can, you can discover it. Yeah. But I do find it, I do find myself feeling quite insincere when um, people are like, what's your show about? And you're like, I suspect by August I will be feeling concerned about the following things um, as opposed to knowing what the show is about. But sure. that's it's fun. Please come to the Work in Progresses. They are, any, not just mine, anybody's, because I think that they are just a great way to see comics throwing shit at the wall and also revealing themselves yeah. because they haven't decided what parts they want to let you in on and what parts they should have kept for themselves. <laughs> and so it is very exposing. In a nice yes, way. it is exposing. And you'll see some bits that no one will ever see again. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. And, he, and here's some secrets we shouldn't have told we should, you. We should yeah. not have said that. Um, yeah, like the taxidermist. 
That was, that was gold. That's got to be... That, whatever you're doing, that's got to be... I think it has to be. <laughs> the the centrepiece. That's. I mean, it's basically a show already. Oh, OK. Well, then I'm glad I came out. Great. Uh, look, really love to see you. I'm glad that you, things are a bit happier than they were. Thanks, me too. In 2020 for us both. They couldn't uh, have been worse. They couldn't have been much good. worse. It wouldn't be bad if they had. Ladies and gentlemen, the amazing Catherine Bowen. Thank you. Thank you very much. You have been listening to Rahalastapa with me, Richard Herring, and my guest, Catherine Bohart. The music is by Scant Regard. You know that by now. Why do I have to keep telling you what's wrong with you? Why don't you listen? I'm indebted to my producer, Ben Walker. Thank you to Chris Evans, not that one, and Kathleen McKeegan, and everyone at the Leicester Square Theatre, except one person. I'm not going to say who it is, but they're a dick. This is a Sky Potato Fuzz and GoFasterStrike.com production. Not really everyone at Les Bethy is nice. It was just a joke. Goodbye. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Thanks again for listening to the podcast. RichardHerring.com slash ballback slash tour or RichardHerring.com slash gigs for all of the information on the tour. GoFasterStrike.com for lots of downloads and books and lots of fun. Thanks for listening. Go and listen to another one. Tell your friends about the show. Tell your friends about the tour. I love you all. I'm out. <laughs>